those that were abducted, they should return to their homes and their loved ones immediately. And in the schus of all those who are wounded, they should have a refor shalema miyad. And all of the citizens of Israel and all Jews around the world. We're also learning in the schus of Rav Yosef Yitzchak ben Sima Chasia for refor shalema and refor shalema from Nachem Mendel ben Chaya Mushka. We are also learning Le'ilu Nishmas, the mother of one of our classmates, Vivi Harabonis Risya Bas Harav Shlema Aaron. Her yard site is this coming Thursday. And now we get to the Simchas, Kain Yirbu Kahena Vikahena, the learning in honor of the Bar Mitzvah of our classmate Goldie Katzman Bumgarten's grandson, Zelig Weiss from Richmond, Virginia, and in honor of our Classmate Orit Rutsky's granddaughter, who just got engaged, her granddaughter Mushka's engagement. And uh, if there are other simchas, please um, let us know. We want to learn in the schus only of simchas, only and always. Today we're learning the sicha parshas lachlacha from Chelik Chaf, sicha Aleph. I think. We're all going to really, really enjoy the sicha. Sif Aleph. Al divrei Avraham l'sara l'fnei higiam l'mitzrayim. Regarding the words that Avraham said to Sarah before they arrived in Mitzrayim, b'haya kiyiru aisach hamitzrayim ba'amru ishtayzeis, the the Egyptians are going to see you, and they're going to say, "You're his wife." V'hargu aisi. So they'll kill me, they'll let you live because they'll want to do what they want to do with you and they will kill me. And therefore, Avram says to Sarah, say to them that you are my sister. In order that it should be good for me, in order that it should be okay for me because of you. And they will allow me to live because of How did Avram allow Sarah to be placed in a situation where the Mitzrim would take her in order that he should be saved through this? The Mefarshim explain The different Mefarshim explain how Avram did not trespass any prohibition by asking this of Sarah. And the Zayar teaches Avram was absolutely certain that Sarah's chusim would protect her, and no harm would befall her. And yet, the Rebbe says, but still, the words that Avram Avinu used, the very terminology that he used when he turned to her with this request, he said, I need you to say that you're my sister so that it will be good for me because of you. So the content of this, the, the, the understanding of this seems to be 
that through her saying that she's Avram's sister, they will want to curry favor with him. He no longer serves as any kind of obstacle or impediment to their having their way with her. They will want to keep him happy and they will give him presents. <clears throat> Rebbe says, uh, somebody's saying they can only see the Yiddish on the website. Zippa, are you able to uh, put the link? Thank you. Thank you so much. We cannot thank Zippa enough for all of the work she's constantly doing for this class. Thank you, Zippa. <clears throat> They didn't have a Hebrew translation on the website, so um, she sent you a link from the Dvar Malchus. So to go back to this question, how is it possible that when we speak about something so serious, placing Sarah in, in such a compromised position, albeit um, to protect Avraham, but you're talking about something so precarious, how is there room to talk about presence that Avram would give, would get, the way in which he would become um, richer or <clears throat> he would benefit. It seems like Avram Avinu is saying that that's the main reason I need you to say that you're my sister. So that the Egyptians will give me a tremendous endowment. How can this be? How is there even room to, to think about this when you're talking about something so dangerous, placing Sarah in such a precarious situation? Bayes. And I, I, I beg your indulgence before I begin. There's a lot of Aramaic here. I, I did try to get the right pronunciation. I did try to practice, but I am not going to sound proficient because I'm not. Um, the Sefer HaZoyar Shoyalim Al-Kach. The Zoyar asks this question. The Chi Avraham De'ihu De'choyal Chata. We're talking about Avraham, who was, he who feared sin, and Rechimu De'kutshabrichu, and he loved Hashem. Hava Amar Hachi Al-Isis, he would say this about his wife, begin in order that it should be good for him. You're talking about Avram Avinu. You're talking about somebody who's a Yari Shemayim, a Yari Chait, who loves Hashem. He would he would do this, he would say this in order for it to be financially lucrative for him. And the Zaya answers, that Avram did not rely on his own And he did not ask, he did not appeal of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that it should be on account of his own schusim. Ela al but rather, he relied on the schusim of his wife, of his wife, 
V'yirvach begina memayna deshar amin, that he will acquire in her zechus the money of the nations. Daha memayna be'isasei zecha le'barnash. The Zayar says, because in general, a person merits financial um, largesse in the merit of his wife. You should all remind your husbands. Umifurat sham. And then it goes on to explain, that through a, a smart wife or a uh, fitting wife or a consummate wife, then you reach a situation where you merit everything. So basically, everything positive comes through the wife. And after this, the Zoya continues. And Avram Avinu relied on her schosim. That they wouldn't punish him and they would not mock her. And for this reason, he did not feel that he would endanger anything by saying, this is my sister, or she should say, I am his sister. Okay, that's what the Zayar explains. That everything flows through the schos of the wife. And he was so sure about her schosim that he knew that he wouldn't get punished through this, that no that no ill would befall him, that she also would not be compromised, they wouldn't mock her, they wouldn't start up with her, and so on and so forth. But the Rebbe says, But even with this assurance, we have to understand, the main question that the Zayar articulates, would Avraham say such a thing about his wife? Would he say this to his wife? Say that you're my sister, which would mean that she could get abducted into Paro's palace, which in fact happened, in order that it should be good for him? How did he put Sarah in such a situation in order that it should be good for him, that should benefit him? And the simple explanation to this is, It was clear, it was absolutely a matter of certainty for Avraham, that they would not mock her, that they would not hurt her. And therefore, and therefore, he did not hold back from saying, she's my sister. So then, why, in fact, does the Zayhar answer this question by leading with the explanation that Avram was sure that he would um, gain financially 
Because of her, he would gain the money of the nation. And not only does the Zayhar lead with that, umarchiv al-kach esadibor. And it, it speaks about an elongated fashion. Vi'ilu esa'ikar. And the main thing, shahu hayabatuach shalayuchlu lasleis lamu'uma, that he was sure that they could not hurt her, ayimrim b'zayah b'sayf that only appears later. But first, the Zayhar says that he knew that in her schus, he would be able to access the financial riches of the nation. Later, it mentions that he knew that because of her schusim, they would not be able to uh, impact her in negative fashion. It seems a little backwards or a lot backwards. The Rebbe says even more. He didn't rely on his schusim to come before Hashem, and he didn't he didn't um, like kind of um, um, lobby Hashem that his schusim should protect him. And seemingly, and seemingly, this is not an answer to the question, which is, Would Avraham say this? Would Avraham act this way in order for it to benefit him? That's the question. And it doesn't seem like the Zayar is answering the question and certainly the order in which the Zayhar gives us information seems to be curious. Gimel. The explanation for this is as follows. Avram was promised that by virtue of his leaving everything that he was familiar with, leaving everything in his comfort zone, he will be zeichet to be made into a great nation. He will be blessed and his name will be vaunted. And we're taught that the particular word, and I will bless you, he means bimamayin financially, that he will be financially blessed. And therefore, Avram understood that Hashem arranged everything that he should be forced to leave Eretz Yisrael. Rashi says, that he was compelled to leave Eretz Yisrael, the Laredes Mitzrayim, and to go down to Mitzrayim, in order to fulfill the promise that I will bless you through you going forth from everything that you are comfortable with. The Kevon Shura Derach Tibis Lemimush Vavarechacha Bimamayim Bimitzrayim. And because Avram Avinu was able to identify a way in which this blessing would be concretized, would come to fruition through the monies of Egypt, 
How would this happen? Sarah would say that she's his sister. And they would then shower him with financial benefits. Therefore, Avram said to Sarah, say that you're my sister so that it will benefit me. And that's exactly what transpired. Through saying these words, they 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 made it good for Avram because of her. And they gave him a tremendous financial package. All kinds of cattle. Okay, so now, as, as you could see, we're segueing, the Rebbe is segueing into a whole different level here by saying that just as this is on the level of Pshat, that Avram Avinu had a promise from Hashem that Hashem was going to make it good for him, that he was going to become a great nation, that he was going to become famous, that he was going to become very, very, very affluent. And he understood that this was the conduit, that this was the way that, Avra, that Hashem was using, and that Sarah was the sort of like the, the clincher. So the Rebbe says, so too is this the case on a deeper level, on the deeper level. Through this avoda of going forth, Lechlecha was not just clearly for the purpose of making him great and huge and famous and rich, but it was for the purpose of his achieving spiritual ascendancy and going forth and, and going higher in spiritual levels. And how is this done? Through the um, refinement and extrication of the sparks of holiness that are mired in every aspect of the world. And in fact, that was the reason for going down to Mitzrayim, in order to refine and unleash the sparks of holiness that were found there. The cave on Sham he And because the mitzvahs, are essentially all about refining these godly sparks, these holy sparks in the world. Therefore, therefore, generally speaking, they are performed in a natural way, with physical aspects, with material aspects. Therefore, Avram said to Sarah, Tell them that you're my sister. Which is his halus Avram says to Sarah, say that you're my sister. And this way, in a natural way, will come about the mission and the goal of coming down to Mitzrayim, which is that I should have an aliyah 
that it should be better for me. How is that going to happen? Through be through me being through refining the godly sparks that are found in the riches and the assets of Mitzrayim, and they're going to give it to me because of you. But the Zayar's question is, But now we have a new question is, a new question, and that is, okay, if this is what this is all about, that Sarah is the agent whereby Avram will come into a tremendous amount of wealth, and he has to come into this wealth because he has to be Mavara than its that are in this wealth. So then it emerges from this that this will be good for Avram. But what about Sarah? So she's being used merely as an instrument. The Adaraba, on the contrary, it would seem, Sarah will be will find herself amongst the Mitrim. She'll be she'll she'll be sunk into that society. And in fact, that's what happened, right? The Pharaoh took her to his palace. Vatukach Isha based Parai. And even if they can't harm her, really, that's okay? That in order for Avram to come into all of this wealth, physically or spiritually, Sarah has to be put in such a situation. The question is, how can Avram Avinu allow Sarah to fall into such a low place spiritually, to be in the house of Pare, in order for this great ascendancy to sprout forth for him? True, Avram was clear and definite that the reason for his going down to Mitzrayim was for the purpose of an ascendancy. Yitavli, that it should be good for him. But there are so many ways that Hashem could effectuate this. Why would he choose this modality so fraught with danger and compromise for Sarah. Bavram Sarah Chaya Lismach Al Kadosh Baruch Hu Shetach Lezu Tid Batzeya B'Derech Acheres V'Loyal Yidei Ridasa Shel Sarah. Avram should have relied on Hashem that this aforementioned goal of extricating and elevating and unleashing all of the spiritual sparks in in, in Mitzrayim would be achieved in some other way and not through compromising Sarah's stance, physically or spiritually. So to answer this question, the Zayhar replies, Avram did not rely on his chusim, but rather on the chus of his wife, the Yarvich 
begina memaina, that he will acquire or he will um, <clears throat> um somebody has a better word, help me. I'm I'm blanking on the word I'm I'm looking for, but that through this, through her, he will gain money. Because a man is to money only through his wife. That a man only, um, please, somebody help me with this word, uh, only acquires or only comes into money in the schus of his wife. So once the Zayar explains this, how it works in the material realm, we understand how it works in the spiritual realm. That only in this way could Avram Avinu achieve what he needed to do. In order for Avram to achieve elevation through the refinement of the sparks in Mitzrayim, it would not have been enough. It would not have been efficacious for Avram himself to go down to Mitzrayim. He can't rely on himself, on his chusim. But he needed, it was absolutely necessary for him to have the merits of his wife. It was only through the agency of his wife going down into the house of Pare, was it possible for him to elevate these sparks, that he should be able to acquire and prosper because of her through the money of the nation. I don't know who it was that sent me that word prosper. Thank you. Not the word I'm grappling for, but thank you. It's a good word. Um, but the point is that the Rebbe is saying that just like physically, the Zayhar says that a man comes into uh, physical riches or let's just say parnasa or what he needs physically through his wife, so is it the case spiritually, or you could say the opposite. You could say that it's true physically because it's a pale reflection of the spiritual reality, which is that only through Sarah could Avram accomplish what he needed to spiritually. And because the goal of his descent was for the purpose of ascent, that would only unfurl and would only be accomplished through the agency of a, um, a a smart wife and a consummate wife, Sarah. So it's understood that in her schus, they will not be able to punish him. Spiritually, they will not be able to cause him to suffer a descent in a spiritual level. And in the same way, and they won't be able to mock her or start up with her, meaning they will not be able to bring her down spiritually. Okay. Now in Dalit, the Rebbe takes us up 
on the elevator another hundred floors. Like everything else that we learn about our avais and imahis, so is this episode also a guiding light and instruction for us, the children. We are going to find instruction here regarding our spiritual avodah in general and regarding the descent of the neshama into a body in general. And specifically the descent into Golos. So the instruction that we glean is about our spiritual avayda, about the unlikely synergy of a soul with a body, and the whole idea of Golos. Because as is well known in Hasidus, Avram and Sarah allude to Neshama and Guf, respectively, as is spoken of at great length in the Zohar. And the Rebbe says, this is to say, So when it comes to Torah Mitzvahs, when it comes to refining the sparks of Kedusha, there are two general paradigms or modalities. Aleph. There's a voidahanasis beikarhideanishama. Virak Morgeshes Ma'at Gambikov. There's a voidah that is done in the main through the Nishama and is only slightly felt by the body. And then Bayes, the second modality is Avoidahanasis Biikar Imagov Ubaemtsa there's a voida that is done in the main with the body and through the agency of the body. The person that is spiritually working in this modality is not at all cut off from the physical world and the material aspects thereof. On the contrary. He comes down from his spiritual level where he might be, and he encloses himself in the material corporeal aspects of this world. And this is a difficult place to navigate. And the Rishayim seem to have the upper hand. And specifically in this realm, in this arena, it's difficult and it's bad, and the evildoers seem to have the upper hand, but that's where this avoda is done. But if in Klali, generally speaking, here again, a chart would be great. Generally speaking, these two modalities 
the avoida that's done in the main with the neshama that is hardly felt by the body, and the avoida that is done in the main with the body, they parallel two modalities in spiritual service, the modality of achaisi, my sister, and the modality of ishti, my wife. These are two avenues of love of Hashem, one that parallels or is similar to the love of a brother to a sister, filial love, and the other of a man to his wife, spousal love. Alert. You're going into some gorgeous territory. Ha'ava ha'misuteres ha'kayemes etel kol yehudi mitzad nafshayelakis. The hidden love that is found in every Jew because they have a godly soul. Ha'tvua etel ha'yehudim that is deeply embedded in every Jew from birth, that is in our DNA, and that cannot be compromised or ever hurt. This compares to filial love. This is a natural love. It's there from birth. And it's not possible for this love to cease. I know, you, 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 it's sometimes hard to like the people we love. We're not talking about that level. We're talking about on the deepest level, there is this non-negotiable love that is natural and inherent and endemic. And it's not like the love of a man to his wife, spousal love, where there can be fissure and there can be separation and there can be ultimate separation through the agency of a divorce. That's on one hand. On the other hand, precisely for this reason, because it's so inherent, because it's so endemic, because it is so natural. This type of love will never elicit that deep desire, that deep thirst. To the to the extent that that this place on nefesh that that that, that the, the heart the, the the shama goes out. The ain kan ichud mushlam, and there can never be a complete unity ke'elahim gufim nifradim, because as much as the brother and sister love each other, they still remain two different bodies, two different people, and this is a clear allusion to the fact that when people get married, they become one body. So, differing from the love 
of a brother to a sister, a sister to a brother, which is constant and unmitigated and can never be sundered. Different from this is the love of a husband and wife that is marked by intense desire and intense yearning. And this is the paradigm of the love that is created. That is created in the body and the nefesh of Bahamas through their refinement. This this compares to the spousal love, the love between a man and his wife. That although it's true that it's possible for there to be separation, fissure, even truncation in that relationship, because this is not a built-in love, a natural love, a genetic type of love. But it is precisely because it's not an inherent love that there is this overriding desire and um, and even the ability to, to, to feel like you're just going to die if you're not with this person. And the unification that is effectuated through the agency of this love is the ultimate and the consummate unity. So much so that they become one body. And there are two ways to understand this. Either that through their coming together, they generate bodies, children, or the Zayar says that when two people get married, they're not just two halves of one soul. They're two halves of one body. And this is the lesson that we learn from the way Avram Avinu went about things when he came down to Mitzrayim. That his sustenance, that his parnasa was in the schus of his wife, meaning Sarah. What did he gain through Sarah? See Vishlemos is Alus Hanashama, the ultimate and the consummate elevation of the of the Neshama, Nigremes is caused Kashashim es Haguf Liarido Olislapshos binyone Elam Haza. When you send, when you catapult the the body into a seeming ascent to clothe itself in the aspects of this world. In the model of Mitzrayim. And even into the palace of Pare. And because the goal of the descent is the ascent, through refining the guf, the nefesh of Bahamas, the body, and the animal soul, and all the aspects of the world that this person engages with, Hare Muvan, 
so it's understood, that there will be no punishment. That there will be no, um, means like when you roll down a mountain, there'll be no devolution, there'll be no descent of the soul. They won't be able to punish Avram. Avram will not experience a descent and neither will Sarah. The guf will not be mired in the klipa. On the contrary, both will experience higher and higher ascents. The Rebbe says, but we're not finished yet. Still have to understand. This is one of the hallmarks of the Rebbe's Torah. Every single detail in Torah is precise to the extreme. And if he is going to Ah, oh, I just had the word and it flitted out of my mind. Okay, but if he's going to be able to gain um, in her merit the money of the other nations, all of the spiritual service, the refinement of all of the of the godly sparks and elevating them that Avram is going to do is going to be in the schus of his wife. Because she is his wife. But here's the obvious question. If everything he's going to gain is through his wife, because the Zayar explains that all the brachas flow through the wife, but he says to his wife, Say you're my sister. And we see Avram underscores this. Say that you are my sister. In order that it should be good for me through your agency. Specifically by you announcing or identifying yourself as my sister. Which is it, sister or wife? This is how it works in the spiritual service of the neshama and the guf. The main elevation, in fact, does not occur on the level of achaisi the filial love of the neshama to God, the built-in, baked-in genetically in our DNA, love for God that can never be tarnished, can never be obfuscated, can never suffer any diminishment. No. It doesn't happen It doesn't happen through the agency of just the neshama. If it did, we wouldn't have to come down into this world. It happens specifically and in paramount fashion through the avoida of wife. Avoida be'emtsoz ha'guf k'dele'il. 
but it happens when the neshama is married or locked in synergy with the body specifically, as said above. So what, in fact, is the novelty of the level of sister in spiritual service? Okay, so we cited that that Hasidus explains that the level of Achaisi is about the natural love that the Neshama has to Hashem. We explained this above. So, so what was Avram trying to do here by saying to Sarah, say that you're my sister. Isn't the level through which he's really going to achieve what he needs to, specifically through the spousal love? In order to answer this question, in order to understand this, we have to preface with explaining what comes in the Zayhar before the Zayhar that the Rebbe opened with. When he asked the question of how could Avram Avinu said to Sarah, say you're my sister so that I'll be protected. So the Zayhar says, Rabbi Elazar, Hava Azil Lemachme Laavni. Rabbi Elazar was going to see his father. Rabbi Abba. And going with him was Rabbi Abba. Amma Rabbi Abba. Rabbi Abba said to Rabbi Lazar, Let's speak words of Torah as, as we go. Let's speak words of Torah and we'll go. So which words of Torah did Rabbi Lazar open with? What did he say? These words, say you that you are my sister, please. Now, this pasuk is very difficult to understand. Okay, this is the Torah that Rabbi Lazar opens with as they're going on their trip to visit his father. And he says, this pasuk that Avram says to Sarah, say that you are my sister, is troublesome, is perplexing. And the Rebbe says, my father, my teacher explains in his explanations of the Zayar. He explains as follows. Why did Rabbi Elazar Dafka begin with this pasuk of, of the whole entire Torah. Why did he start with this pasuk? Because these are the words that Avram said when he was going to Mitzrayim with Sarah. Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Abba, heim al derech Avram v'sara. And Rabbi Elazar and Rabbi Abba are like Avram and Sarah. Because Avraham and Sarah are in the and in, in the in the modalities of father and mother, <clears throat> we mean spiritual levels, mystical levels. Rabbi Abba Bina. 
And in like fashion, Rabbi Lazar is Chachma, which we know is Abba. And Rabbi Abba is Bina, which we know is Ima, is mother. It's a little confusing because his name is Rabbi Abba, but he's Bina, which is Ima. Everybody got that? Okay. In Cain, and if so, Halichasam Bederach, while Derach, my Halichas Abram Besar, Bederach, Vavram, Amar Az, Imina Chaisia. And so when they go on their journey to visit Rabbi Lazar's father, they are the reenactment, as it were, of Avram and Sarah as they get on their way to go down to Egypt. And Avram says to Sarah, say you're my sister. That's why Rabbi Lazar chose this pasuk to expound upon as they are walking. <clears throat> and we could say, and and here this is a an aphorism. It's a, it's a, it's an expression that's used a lot. That something comes to teach one thing, and from this you learn something else. So from the content of the relationship or the alliance between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Abba, which the Rebbe is explaining is the Bechina of Abba and Ima, Chochma and Bina, we can understand more about Avram and Sarah, which is the alliance between the Neshama and the Guth. Beseda HaSfiras Mekabel HaSfiras HaBina Es HaSechel Baharayoy Mina Chochma. In the, in the organized construct of devolution of spirituality into the physical world, otherwise known as spheres emanations, the sphera, the modality of Bina, receives from Chachma, receives the idea from Chachma. But it's specifically through the way that the kernel of the idea that originates in Chachma comes down into Bina, where it is subdivided in details and details of details. In other words, the exposition takes place there. The parsing takes place there. That's where the very original idea actually experiences an ascension. It actually becomes a higher idea, a deeper idea. There are aspects thereof that <clears throat> are developed that were not there in the original kernel of the idea. Hasibalakahi, why is this? Mishum Shalabina, Yeshayesh Nala Yose Bekoyahamaskil Shalanefesh Measherachma. Because Bina comes from a higher place and a deeper place in the in the Koyahamaskil, in our cognitive faculties, than Chachma does. Even though Chachma is the first stage, Bina comes from a transcendent place in cognition. 
ולפיכך מסחדיש משהו בחוכמה באמצעות הבינה. It's not just that everything is already in the kernel of the idea, and in Bina it's unpacked systematically. No. The Rebbe explains that through the unpacking and the expounding and the flushing out, there is a depth and a breadth that comes to the idea that originated in Chachma that was not there before. Ach, but here is the important caveat. The novelty and the greatness of what Bina can <coughs> contribute to Chachma. This is only manifest and this only comes to fruition and it's only possible after the Bina receives the original kernel of the idea from Chachma. And it's only through this, through this avenue, it's only through the agency of Bina being Mekabel from Chachma that there will be breath and depth added to the original Chachma. And so it is with a man and woman. As explained in, in, in copious fashion in, in, at length regarding this, that the Chachamim cited, it cited in, in Nida, in the Gemara, that extra Bina was given to a woman more than what a man has. Despite the fact <clears throat> that an embryo can only be formed through the semen that comes from the man, but gestation of the of the embryo only and and, and its existence is only through the agency of the woman. But because this particular novelty and an ascendant quality is found in a woman in a way that is shrouded and obscured and obfuscated, it's hidden from the eye. It manifests and is revealed only after she receives the effluence from the man. And through this, it's kind of like on a feedback loop. Okay, it's like, um, it's reminding me of a lot of people suffer, um, what's it called? Uh, it's a gastroenterologist. Joni, I could see you on something. Acid reflux. Acid reflux, acid reflux. Yeah, so it's like a reflux motion that through, so the man gives the woman, the woman creates something completely novel relative to what she received, and then it ricochets upward back again to, to the husband as well. And the blessing embraces and, 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 and is for both of them together. Zachar in a cave of Bara Isam. 
male and female, he created them. And Hashem said to Hashem blessed them when they were two together and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Now we're going to circle back to our story. And now we're going back to the two Tanoim that are going on a trip and they're citing this story, this Pasuk. And, and what does that mean in their life and what does it mean in our life? Okay, yeah, we're told that they were going to visit his father, but their going on the road is a Yerida. These two Tanaim spent their life in studying Torah. Now they're traveling. They can't even listen to what's it called uh, all these things that people uh, I don't know what's, what's what's wrong with me today podcast oh, but it, well, yeah so they're going on they're going on the road it's a urita but it's urita in order to elevate the world and as is plainly understood who is this Rabbi Eliezer? he's the son of the Rashbi and Rabbi Abba is, is, is from that inner circle of the Rashbi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai. This was a novel thing about the Rashbi. Taira was their vocation and their avocation. It was their everything. That's what they did for a living. And a life. And they were they were basically cut off from worldly things. And they're going on the road, even for the purpose of visiting the father. It was a uh, interruption and it was a descent. This was them going out of their comfort zone, the normal comfort zone that they inhabit. The spiritual bubble. That's what Rabbi Abba said. Let's talk Because in order to impact the world, you must draw strength and assistance from Torah, which is a guiding light. Shadubar, I think, and 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 as has been spoken many times about this, Shahakayach Lavidas Habirum Shalbal Asek Lahaficha Soilam Ladir Lashemis Barach Ene Nevea Rak Milibanatoria Betilas Hayan. Rebbe said, I've spoken a number of times that the power and the energy that somebody who's involved in the business world or let's just say anybody who's doing something other than, let's call it Kodesh, the, 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 the strength and the energy that they need to transform this world in a dear Lais Barach does not flow only from the Torah that they learn in the, in the 
in the in the morning, in the in the beginning of the day. Bali from going from shul to where the learning is taking place. And afterwards, he tries to incorporate these lessons in the minutia of the everyday. The Rebbe says it's not enough. But even during the time of the business itself, during the business day, there is necessity to draw strength and assistance and instruction and direction from the light of Torah. This person, even as they're busy in their business, they have to feel the greatness of Torah. And this feeling and this attitude and it will cause them to steal time from business in order to learn Torah. In other words, it's not just a compartment in their life. It pervades even the business day. And therefore, Rabbi Abba, who is Bina, says to Rabbi Lazar, who is Abba, and who is called the God of my father is my help, El Ozar. He says that when we go on our road, even as we're going, even as we're in our business, we need assistance from above. And how do we get that? Through saying words of Torah. Even as they're on the road. And this highlights the greatness of the Aveda of Bir Hanitzaitis, of elevating the sparks that are in every aspect of this world. And that's basically the Aveda of Lech Lecha. It's basically the Halicha Bederach, Hafikha Sa'ilan Ludir Lashem Yisbarach, transforming this world and transmuting it into a, a dwelling place for Hashem. And this is the novelty of this Aveda over learning Torah in and of itself. And finally, And now we're going to take what the Rebbe just taught us about this story of the two Tanaim and now use it to further flesh out what we have to understand about Avram and Sarah, who stand for the neshama and the guf. As they were going on their way, they were going down to Mitzrayim, they were going down to Golos. And this is reenacted when every neshama is called forth to come into a body. The body has to hear from, you know what? I, I think I made a mistake above. 
No, no. Yeah, that was, it was correct. Rabbi Elazar is Abba and, and Rabbi Abba is Ima. Yeah. So, Be'ez halicha bederach, Yeridul Mitzrayim legolos, V'chein be'eridus hanashom leguf b'chlal, Yeshterach ba'amira, Ba'hashpah shel Avram l'sara shel hanashom leguf. There has to be, the hashpa has to come down from Avram to Sarah, from the neshama to the guf, from Rabbi Elazar to Rabbi Abba. Hashpa zois misbatas be'imrina choisiat. Now we're answering the question. The Rebbe is answering the question: Why does it say, "Say that you're my sister"? If the Zayar tells us that everything comes to the man through his wife. And that's what Avram Avinu was trying to accomplish in Mitzrayim. He was trying to effectuate the aliyah that was supposed to come from the Yerida. Then he should have called forth on the spousal relationship, not on the filial relationship. But the Rebbe explains that first has to come the hashpa on the level of achesi. The goof has to feel the level of it has to feel the maila of the neshama. It has to feel that inherent bond with Hashem. And only in that fashion Step one is to feel achosi. In order to get to that higher level of isha, malas haguf the novelty, the spiritual novelty and ascendancy of the guf over the neshama, hanala hanishama. The guf comes from a higher place than the neshama, and this is misgala hamayla b'dargas ishti avodas haguf al pnei so first, there has to be the level of achaisi. First, there has to be the guf recognizing the maila of the neshama. But that leads to the higher level of ishti, of wife, of understanding that the guf comes from a higher place than the neshama, that bina comes from a higher place than chachma. And that leads to an elevation on the part of the neshama. And that's what Avram Avinu said to It will be good for me because of you. Because a man who merits to have a smart wife, a wonderful wife, merits everything. Parnasa and all the other brachas. The neshama merits everything in the schus of the guf. The signal shayne To say this a little bit differently. It is specifically through the avayda that the neshama does in the body, with the body. And through this, with all the material, corporeal aspects of this world. When you look at it from the outside, this very goof looks and acts and smells and walks and quacks just like every other body of all, of all the rest of the nations. And because of this, 
the body can be in the physical material world. It can be a Mitzrayim. It can be an Ervas Haaretz. In the depravity of Mitzrayim. And there could even be Machshava. There could even be the thought. The misapprehension. The mistake. Shahaguf Shaykh Lahem. The God forbid. The Guf of a Jew actually belongs to this world. Like Sarah was taken to the house of Parai. A goof can be taken in to the, to the nexus of all that is unholy, untrue. But when you illuminate the inherent, endemic love of the neshama, you tickle or poke it, midagas achosi, on the level of the filial love that is non-negotiable and can go nowhere ever. Then that love spreads and is created also in the guf, also in the nefesh of Bahamas. Then it becomes the spousal love. And you do this through the avoida that necessitates the refinement of the of the body and everything in this world that is used by that body and is and is that is owned by that body and then this essential level that is found dafka in the guf is also revealed to the neshama again in that in that acid reflux way in that loop. And this will all be manifest in the time to come. May it be immediately We are taught that when Mashiach comes, the neshama will be sustained and nourished, and nurtured, and will get her sustenance from the body. That's our sikha for today. And may our